Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I just think it's momentum. You know, when I learned this, I think it was Lou Holtz shared with me when I was a younger coach. Momentum with a young team's worth 14 points a game. You know, well, momentum with a mature team. This is at the college level. I'm still learning the pro level, pro level, but it's worth seven points with a, a veteran team. So, you know, what would it mean for Jacksonville? What would it mean for our stadium the following week? And most importantly, what would it mean for a locker room that, you know, three-fourths of those guys were part of a 20-game lose streak? I mean, it would be incredible. And, uh, we don't talk much about that. I think it's more just the respect we have for our opponent, and the best version of us is pretty good. The, the bad version of us is really bad. <laughs> that's pretty blunt, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, and that's pretty true. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I don't know if that's the case for every team. You know, the, the margin for error for the Jags is not big. And so if you don't play well, you get some really ugly looking games. And we've seen that a little bit already for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, but when they played well against the, you know, not just Buffalo, keep in mind, Arizona, Cincinnati, they played really well for a half. Uh, and Miami, then, and, and I don't even know if they played well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really don't know if we've seen them play a complete, like, game that's good. You know, I, I think they can play better mm -hmm. than we've seen uh, in terms of being complimentary. I, I don't know if they can play any better than defensively than they just did. Like, I, I think that will be their best defensive performance of the year. But they certainly can play better offensively than they've played. And, and so can you marry it together a little bit? I, I think the Jags still have that game in them. Uh, somewhere along the way where they played, you know, really pretty good defense and pretty good offense, and, and maybe uh, they win again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, anytime you can get two or three phases firing on all cylinders, you got a really good shot of winning the game. And I think right now, I mean, you know, last week of the special teams, I mean, there was that missed field goal and everything, but you've, I think you've yet to see this team really play a complete game in two phases, let alone three. Yeah, um, I think uh, that's right. By the way, they got to get the special teams cooking a little bit more. I mean, the punt game, you know, he's pretty good. Logan Cook's good. Uh, Matthew Wright's been doing a pretty good job overall. I mean, he's still, you know, they had that sequence last week. But overall, I think you got to like what Matthew Wright's done. I think there's some confidence in him. I just don't like their kick return team right now. It feels like it's been leaky over the last couple of weeks. And, and you don't what – what the Jags can't afford to do is give up one of those kind of touchdowns. You know, they can't give – or even big plays. they they got to be very careful of that uh, because they're just not good enough to overcome that, three turnovers, ten penalties. Like, they just don't have that kind of team. So they have to play uh, pretty good football. Uh, last night, Miami Dolphins played really good football. They won two in a row now. One was with – obviously – most of this has been without two, but one over Houston, which is kind of like, okay, yeah, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it means that they beat the Ravens last night on a heck of a defensive performance, and maybe now, Austin, a blueprint on how to defend Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's possible. You know, obviously, there was zero respect for those Baltimore Ravens receivers last night, and it showed, and it paid dividends. Um, their goal was to make... You know, Lamar Jackson, a, a pocket quarterback, and it, it didn't work so well for Lamar Jackson last night, which is surprising because this is a guy who, you know, for the most part has been getting it done with his arm week in and week out. But he ran into a buzzsaw last night with the Miami Dolphins. Why don't more people blitz to that degree 
show those kind of looks? Is it really just because they don't? I mean, a lot of principled philo philosophical defenses are like, we don't want to give up the big play, right? The, the nature of the NFL is, hey, don't give up the big play. Let's see if they can execute 10, 11, 12 play drives. And if it ends in a field goal, well, that's fine. We, we count that as a win sometimes. Um, so that's, I think that's the overall philosophy of defenses across the NFL. Uh, is is that the reason why we don't see kind of what we saw last night? Is because people don't want to give up the big play, and you're obviously uh, susceptible to the big play and that kind of look. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, anytime that you send the house, you know, and, and you're leaving essentially your your cornerbacks with zero help on an island. Um, number one, you have to have trust that your guys up front are going to get home. But number two, you have to trust that the guys on that island can at least, you know, cover their man for the most part because a guy could come open. So it's it's definitely playing, you know, as Joe Collins said today, I mean, if your rush is getting home, helps the secondary. If your secondary is doing a good job, it helps the rush. It works hand in hand. But when you when you face a, a team like the Ravens who have a mobile quarterback, number one, where you have to make sure you get home because if you don't, he can buy time with his legs and find the open man. Well, you have to have the secondary guys be able to cover as well. And the Dolphins, I mean, say what you want about them, but, you know, the, the, their secondary is pretty highly praised, and they played like it last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're making a ton of money back there. Xavier Howard has not been great. Uh, overall this year, but uh, he comes up with a big fumble return. Uh, but in coverage, he's been just okay. I'm not even, like, I couldn't even tell if they were good in coverage uh, because he had no time, and they showed him the looks. It just made a lot of sense to me, their game plan, but you have to be careful of him leaking out, so you still have to contain because Lamar Jackson can really run away from people. Uh, I mean, I just thought it was a, a brilliant performance by Miami's defense, and I think Troy Aikman was saying exactly what's going on. Like, listen, you bring eight guys up to the line of scrimmage, even if you drop two out, you don't know which two are dropping out. That creates communication problems on offense. And then all of a sudden, you get like 1.25 seconds to throw the football because you got a guy in the backfield. So, um, it, to me, it just makes a lot of sense to at least showcase a little more of that. And the reason I, I bring it up, because the Jags, I think... As they get a little bit better, maybe their personnel is even a little bit better. I think Joe Cullen will be willing to do some of that, Austin. I mean, uh, I think a lot of teams, you know, out of that 3-4 look are doing that. You know, it's just a matter of how much do you want to blitz and how much do you want to send guys back. Um, yeah, I think with, with a guy like Lamar Jackson, you get pressure on him, it pays dividends. A guy like Josh Allen we saw where if you get pressure on him up the middle, it, it paid dividends. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a copycat league, and other teams will be taking note um, how to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, well, it's, and I just don't know if it's just a Ravens thing. I, I think it makes it very difficult for a lot of offenses. You got to be able to match up a little bit too on the outside, and uh, maybe it. Ju I don't know if this is as effective against older quarterbacks because they might figure it out. Lamar Jackson's still a relatively young quarterback. So you can show them some well, things that might confuse them, right? Well, that and then also, once again, to kind of speak what we broke down earlier today with, with the, you know, the Bills game, I mean, you kind of got what the Bills were going to do. And it's kind of the same calling card as the Ravens right now. You think the Ravens are always a run-first team, but they really don't have the workhorses right now to be a run-first team. You know, yeah. Devontae Freeman only had 10 attempts last night. Le'Veon Bell um, had, had three uh, carries last night. Lamar Jackson led the team in rushing with 39 yards. So this team that, you know, is always touted as being this run-first, you know, smash-mouth type of team, well, now they're kind of leaning more towards the pass and using Lamar Jackson's legs, and that's, that kind of echoes a little bit of what the Buffalo Bills have right now as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, fair point. So, in, in other words, like, you, you got to respect the run game and you don't want all the, you don't want everybody blitzing and then if you miss a tackle it's like 
gone, right, to the Correct. end zone. So yeah. you, you got to be like, you can't do that this week against Indianapolis. Now you can on third down. You can do it, you know, in passing situations. But uh, you got to be careful to do that to everybody. So it goes uh, along a bigger theme. We saw two really good defensive performances this week by two teams that aren't very good. The Jags beat Buffalo, and Miami just did this to uh, Baltimore last night. This is the time. Remember last year? I go back to last year's conversation, and I asked you, I was like, our, our, our defense is dead. Mm-hmm. And the in the first, like, eight weeks of the year, I'm, I'm kind of rounding that number. I don't know exactly when it was. But it looked like everybody was scoring at will. It was it was 42 to 38. It was 34 to 31. Well, then, as we settled into November and December, the defenses started to come around. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just a weather thing. I, I just think defenses either figured people out. They had more... Uh, they had more film on people. They, you know, they, they made adjustments. And so it became more of a defensive, kind of normalized the game a little bit where, where we know, hey, you can still get the 34-point output, but uh, defenses could have really good games. I feel like we might be at that time of the season again after what I just saw the last week out of Miami and the Jags where it's just maybe almost like daylight savings time also switches from an offensive league to a defensive league or at least defense becomes more important. Yeah, possibly. You know, um, it, it, it definitely seems like when the weather gets colder and maybe the weather gets affected a little bit, you know, teams want to run the ball a little more and defenses do take over. But then, like, you know, I remember watching the Steelers-Bears game and it's like, well, there wasn't a lot of defense to go around there. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are always a team that that's kind of respected. They gave up 27 points to the Chicago Bears. So... I think some teams now can make that next step up of who we think they are. You know, the Dolphins, they were touted as a, as a very um, highly rated defense this year, and we haven't seen that. We saw it last year. Now we're starting to see more of the Dolphins of who we think they are the whole time. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to correlate to other teams following suit. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals have been a highly touted defense. They just surrendered 41 points to the Cleveland Browns. So it's definitely a, a week-by-week basis. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some lower-scoring games coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, I, uh, well, we just did. And, uh, again, maybe there's some adjustments. And then the copycat stuff takes place, right? Because now, like, it'll be interesting to watch Baltimore. It'll be interesting to watch Buffalo. Uh, now that teams kind of said, okay, we got the the kryptonite a little bit. And can now you match up, pers- you know, personnel-wise, can you, can you execute the way you're supposed to? But it'll be interesting to watch those two teams coming off this week and how much people will try to uh, eliminate it and stop it. There's sometimes, like, listen, you know what you got to do against, like, Tennessee when Derrick Henry's playing. And just sometimes you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're just better, at, better than you. Uh, but it, this one I think is going to be interesting to watch with the Ravens and the Bills because the game plans seem like they were so good. And now I want to see if other teams line up uh, and, and do it well. And by the way, the Dolphins are supposed to be good on defense. Like you said it, they, they are invested on the defensive side of the football. Uh, the Jags, I'm not sure, are supposed to be good on defense. But what, I, what I'm curious about is, did they just turn a corner? And has their defense been showing a few signs with the win over Miami, with that second half, as they like to say, against Seattle, and now this performance, where we're not going to see under 10 points in this dominant defense, but we're going to see a lot better defense the last uh, half of the season. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, because like I said, there's definitely anomalies. You know, I mean, I, I consider San Francisco to be one of the be- you know one of the better defenses in the NFL, and they just gave up 31 to the Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. I consider the Saints to be a, a pretty good defense, where they let Matt Ryan and company walk over them at home. So, um, 
you know, you can kind of make a case for it back and forth. But usually the way it pans out is the defense that you suspect to be good to start the season, they, they find a way, pending injuries, obviously, but they find a way to get it done in crunch time when the playoffs are on the line. Who do you think, who do you like right now defensively in the NFL? Uh, I like the Bills. Um, Rams. And nah, I really don't like that. I mean, I think the Rams give up way too many, like, big yardage plays, too many explosive plays. Um, I like the Broncos, honestly, for what they have. I think that they're playing a, high, a, a good brand of football. Um, I like the Browns, and I put the Arizona Cardinals and the Packers up there as well. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, I, I feel like the Packers defense is so underrated. I understand, too, like, especially when Aaron Rodgers plays, he can dictate a lot of the play. Like, those old quarterbacks can really dictate play and control the clock and almost make your defense look a little bit better at times. Um, but, man, they've been so – they're just underrated. Nobody talks about that Packers defense much, and, and they've done a really good job, I think, going back over the last couple of seasons. Uh, so it's interesting you don't say the Rams, even though they had Von Miller – um, and we'll see how much of an impact he makes. Uh, but I think the other ones you mentioned are, are good to watch. And, and Buffalo, by the way, that's one thing. They came out of Jacksonville, and they, they suffered an upset loss, and their offense didn't play well. But their defense still did its job, uh, mm -hmm. and their defense continues to play uh, pretty good. By the way, the Bills get the Jets uh, coming up uh, this week. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, do you expect him to come back and bounce back and play well? Or will there be a little bit of a... Uh, residual of, of everything that just took place the last week and a half. No, I, I mean, maybe he's sick because he didn't get Odell Beckham Jr., but I don't think he's going to be showing any rust or anything like that. I think he's playing the game too long now, um, you know, pending that he's healthy and he feels good, but he's been in the game too long to, to have rust after missing one week. Did you, uh, the best, uh, you know, non-play or play that didn't count in the history of the game just happened on the TV here at Extreme Wing Sports Group. Oh, yeah. And that was the offensive lineman touchdown. I mean, that was a terrific play last night. It was. It was absolutely. It had everything. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing memes all around. Um, I wish the refs would have just gave them that touchdown, honestly, because for <laughs> as many, you know, some kind of questionable decisions that get made, that might have been the biggest one of just not giving that guy the, the touchdown. Uh, but it was amazing. The big man, I mean, it's seriously, I think everybody agrees with you. Like, we all know it was illegal, <laughs> but when it happened in real time, I'm like, why did he just do that? That's illegal touching, and now he's just going to go down. And then when I saw him sprinting, you know, 320-pound man sprinting toward the end zone with the football, I'm like, well, maybe he declared himself eligible. Like, he looked the part. You know, sometimes when you get a guy that will touch it and catch the ball, the offensive lineman, he's kind of like, what am I doing with the football? Yeah. Well, that guy looked like he was designed to get the football until you saw the replay, and he stole it from Gadsden. No, for sure. Uh, it, it looked like he did it a million times, which was very, very uh, entertaining. Um, I love me a, a, a big man touchdown. I think it's probably the best part of football. Um, I get people want to celebrate the whole Rudy thing all the time, you know, the, the underdog and the smaller guy getting a chance and creating a play. We all know that Rudy was offside. The play should have never happened. I'm all for the big guy getting the touchdown because it just you, you never see that, you know. And I feel for offensive linemen. I really do because when I was in Pop Warner, my coach put me on offensive lineman to start things off, and I threatened to quit because there is no glory playing offensive line. You don't score touchdowns. The pretty girls don't want to wear your jersey in high school. It's just <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's an absolute thankless job. 
And um, I think offensive linemen, you know, they're they're grimy players. And I've said this many times. They're grimy. Okay, they, they could be the dirtiest players um, in the NFL. But they also deserve their just due. Anytime a guy can score a touchdown, especially in a play like that, I'm all for it. All right, a couple of things to get to before we get you out of here. We'll have Kevin Sullivan talking some high school football in the opening week of the playoffs in Northeast Florida in just a little bit. Live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, and Casey Kurtz. Uh, so two important, important things. Did you see Mike Leach? And you have something in common. Yep, Mike Leach hates pineapples on his pizza just like I do. Guy's a genius. No, I'm, I'm still a team lane train, but Mike Leach, where's that cowbell at? Hang on. Yeah, no pineapple on pizza. No pineapple on pizza. Not now, not ever. Can't have sugar mixed with your saltiness. Not the Italian way. <laughs> that was good that you, that was very coordinated that you could uh, ring the bell and talk. Oh, you? thank you, man. That was good. That's uh, that's from being a band, you know. <laughs> Count that, uh, you know, one, two, saxophone. three, two, two, three, three, two, three. Yeah, man. Uh, Count that th th three, four time. You know what I'm saying? What instrument did you play, Casey? Casey, you're a band guy. I was in the uh, not high school band, the middle school band. Okay, still effort. What do you got for me? Uh, xylophone. Dang. Get out of here. Percussion. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we got a xylophone player. And yeah. a saxophone player? Yeah, a xylophone, guys. We call it the mallet. The mallet. The mallet. Why have, not, why have we not started our own band yet here on ESPN 690? Brent, what are you playing? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know how much yep. those xylophones are? <laughs> oh, bringing, they ain't giving those away. No, they're I'm not. bringing my mom in with the violin. Oh, now we're talking. Well, yeah. fiddle. Can yep, you I sing like at all? Like even a little yeah. bit? Uh, well, I, can, I, really uh, I, can, I can guess uh, something. You know, but it brings me to another <laughs> like thing. That? Here's, here's what I want you to do right now, uh, Austin. Yes. Uh, on that computer. Yes. Google Luke Combs. Okay. All right. Yeah. Images. So you got a picture of Luke Combs. I mean, this guy looks like a country singer. Is that and what he is? Yep. Oh, yeah. I watched him. I saw him the other day on CMA Awards. And by the way, like, they say there's only, like, one CMA Awards, like, a year. I feel like there are five of them. No, there, there's 25 of them for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how yeah. the award shows feel like it happens more than I go to the bathroom. Okay. You know? Yep. Like, and uh, <laughs> so anyway, I see Luke Combs accepting his Entertainer of the Year award. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now this is a facial thing here, okay? I say, I think he looks a little bit like Casey. Oh, wow. <laughs> Casey, can you go ahead and stand in the doorway real quick? Did you mind? Uh, yeah. Just so I can sure. compare here. Thanks, man. Because um, you don't you don't have a beard, though. Was he rocking a beard for the... He was, yeah. Okay. I mean, I can see it a little bit. Casey, what do you think? Have you heard that before, Casey? Luke Combs? Yeah. Not really? Uh, I mean, I, I can see it a little bit. Uh, I, I, I don't have uh, a picture of Casey, so I didn't, like, take one out. Yeah. But I just, it, it was like I saw him on that, and I was like... I feel like he looks a little yeah. bit like Casey. No, not really. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I appreciate it. Like Luke Combs. Big fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Luke Combs, great. Oh, yeah. Definitely you, top three people I could have been compared to. Do you have a doppelganger? I think that's what it's called. I don't. You know what? I, I don't get that a lot for, like, there's not one that I've had in my life, if that's what you're asking. Like, no one ever says to me often, like, hey, you look like so-and-so. Yeah. So I get, said last I get night Jason that I Momoa. Oh, go ahead, Brent. Oh, you got that. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, get wow, it. That's good. Well, I, I know, but, like, the, 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 the bad thing, though, is people are like, oh, you, you look like a shorter, less in shape Jason Momoa. You See, know? now that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good for me because it gives me confidence. 
yeah, I told you. I mean, Paul Casey, people have said before. Paul Casey, yep. 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 The golfer. That's yep. the golfer. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give you, somebody said this to me, and I'd never heard this to me yet, yesterday. This was one. Uh, this is one, one I'm going to be super proud of either. Googling now. Uh, Nick Jonas. Not a chance. Hang on. Uh, uh, I, have no, I don't, I don't like even know compar- what he looks like. I don't you like do that hit, Wait, 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 wait a minute. You had to Google there it? There's no, I mean, I know Nick, I don't know what you Jonas Brothers is. You're on the hit radio station. Hey, Casey, you don't got to call me out in front of anybody, right? But there's three Jonas Brothers. I don't know which ones are which. How do you not? I don't even know their names. There's Nick Joe and there's some other dude. But somebody said yep. that to me that yesterday. <laughs> do, do you know his name? Yep. Is it Teddy Jonas? <laughs> is it Teddy? I don't know. Um, no, Brent, absolutely not. That, that person lied to you. That's good. Casey, do you see that? You see Nick no, Jonas and Brent Martin? No, no. Not at all. What are you talking I don't even, about here? Yeah, no. I, I'm actually Googling it right now, but I don't either. Like, I see yeah. Paul Casey a little I don't, bit. I don't see Brent Martin on the, on the cover of Teen Beat. you got to be kidding me. How old is Nick Jonas? He's the um, younger one. Nick Jonas is... Age 29. I got, 29. The, I got that going for me, at 29. least. 29. Yeah, person. there's a feather in your cap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I've never heard that before, but that was a weird one. That was out of the blue. Like, yeah. Maybe they meant in some way. Maybe. I mean, that's way nice. I mean, that's nice of them. Like, you know. All right. Uh, I'll stick with Paul Casey. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had the. I told you this in the past that Justin Leonard, when I was on my honeymoon, mm-hmm. uh, so this was a long, long time ago. Somebody said I looked like Justin Leonard. Okay. That's not bad. I don't know why it's only golfers, but I that's know, not it's bad. A, it's a lot of golfers. I know. It's weird. Well, I guess there's not, it's not a lot of NBA players out there that look like Brett Martin. I guess. <laughs> T.J. McConnell, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's true. Yeah. Hey, by the way, your your guy John Morant's playing pretty good basketball. <laughs> I mean, you know, just another Murray State guy uh, doing oh, big boy other. things in a big boy. Like, what do you mean, what? Quincy Williams? <laughs> yeah, Austin Lane. Quincy Williams. Uh, what? Quincy Williams huh. even starting for them anymore? Brent, though? Like, stop. Seriously, he didn't even start. Oh, it, maybe it says he was in concussion protocol. We, no, because we we, we, we we be talking about the Quincy Williams All Pro bid, but unfortunately, Mike White had to steal Quincy Williams shine, and now we don't talk about the the defense anymore, the Jets, because it's, it's all about the Mike White show. Nah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Quincy Williams played like a really well. You better start watching the film. And now I'm not so sure he's playing as well, well as everybody thought he was. So. You you aren't watching the tape. So you I don't see Josh Oliver dropped the pass yesterday. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad look. He's not doing much, right? Ah, uh, what, like four or five catches? I think this year. So now, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. who's doing something though. Pat Fryermuth. Yo, he Fryermuth. is good. Hey, who that was who the big story last? Yeah, that was the big thing, right? Like Walker Little, um, and uh, uh, well, Et yeah. Etn obviously. Yeah, yeah. Walker Little yeah. and uh, Tyson Campbell. Yeah. So, I'm not sure people will be bothered by. Like, Walker Little, instead of a tight end, makes some sense if he was a first-round kind of guy, mm. and he ends up being your tackle for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Tyson Campbell, the way he's played, that one seems hard to swallow right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, after watching the game last night, I looked up where Javon Holland was drafted. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. He's out of Auburn, right? Oregon. Oregon. Oh, he was the Oregon one. Yeah, Oregon. safety. Yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah, needed yeah, yeah. one of those. Spoiler alert, it was after Tyson Campbell. Same thing with uh, Trevon Merrick, too, at TCU, playing in uh, Las Vegas right now. Is is Merrick playing well? Eh, you know, he's having fun. <laughs> is anybody having fun with Las Vegas right <laughs> well, now? Okay, well, he's having fun, I think. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> look at that you know, PFF grade. You know it's really quick. interesting, actually. Holland is uh, also returning kicks for Miami. That's a that's a weird double. So that was weird. And 
returning kicks. So Trevon Merrick has one interception this year, 19 solo tackles, a 69.6 overall grade on PFF. Not bad. Wait. Not bad. You said what was the total grade? A 69.6. So D plus then. Is that a D plus on pro football focus? No, it's a D plus in academics. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah hey. That's probably a decent grade. What color is the decent. number? They, that's how they do it. Yeah, it's, it's like a greenish yellow. There's no way. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. All right, whatever. Yeah, okay. Look up Tyson uh, Campbell's for fun. Okay. Real quick, and then we'll let you go. Uh, no, it's cool. It's not like, you know, AW full gears going on this weekend, but we'll talk about that next week. It's all good. Uh, Tyson Campbell set. Okay, never mind. Okay, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hello. How's Mary doing? Wait, hang on. Uh, no, in college, Campbell was a 75.7. I can't find his NFL one. So is the Merrick one also in college? No, this is the pro. I don't know, man. He's doing all right. He's having fun. That's all you got to worry about. Hey, my prediction for AEW Full Gear Saturday. Check your local listings. I'm calling it right now. Hangman Page beats Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship Ooh. and becomes the first professional wrestler to kick out of the one-winged angel. Not a chance. Okay. Wow. I thought that was going to be me. Oh, I'm not a professional wrestler, but I was going to kick out of the one-winged angel. Not, a, not if I put nine you, you're not. Uh, Hangman Page, wasn't he like... He, didn't we have him in? Oh, yeah. He was he was like the first wrestler we have interviewed. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. years back. Yeah. Friend of the show, uh, Hangman Page. Still so not a chance. Like, is he now like like superstar guy? So, in yeah, AEW? Well, yeah th this has been a, a very, very slow build. Him and Kenny Omega were tag team partners for a long time. Hangman Page had um, maternity leave. He's back now. Uh, and, and, it, and it feels right to put the belt on him. So I think that's going to be the, the big twist this weekend. All right. Very good. Uh, all right, Austin Lane. Have a good weekend, man. Happy training. We'll talk to you on Monday. Sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, you going skateboarding? We'll see you out there or not? Uh, no, I'm going to Indianapolis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, I don't know. You got it. Make sure you tag Action Sports Shack. So your your yeah. NESPN 690 and all your tweets. Yeah, man. And, and go ahead and have that, that shrimp cocktail, whatever they have in Indianapolis. Right? I will. Yeah. 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 Uh, probably not. I'm not paying that much for the steak. Well, you had 500 bucks. Well, no, not that I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm donating that to charity. Yeah, My shrimp cocktail went to charity. Shrimp to charity. I like it. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Uh, have fun with the fam all weekend long. And uh, Casey and I will come back. Kevin Sullivan joins us. High school football playoffs open tonight. This looks like a beautiful night for it. All the teams spread out. 30 local teams still in the mix. We try to break it down in a few minutes. Coming up on ESPN 690 Live from Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Carlos is, you know, is is a <clears throat> is a good, solid veteran backup for us. Does a nice job running the ball. He's got to protect it. You know, obviously we turned it over one time. There was another time the ball was on the ground as well. So um, that's really the focus that I'm, you know, that I'm that I'm preaching. But we're totally confident, comfortable with what uh, Carlos can do. And um, you know, if he has to, if he has to be a main back, he's done it in his past. He can do it here. And uh, you know, we're we're happy that we have him as well. That is Daryl Bevel, the Jaguars' offensive coordinator. Listen, Carlos Hyde's fine, but he's fine. He's not great. And, heck, that was costly last week. So, Jaguars obviously can't function as well without James Robinson if Carlos Hyde's the main back. Uh, it's That's simple. Everybody knows that. Robinson's better. And uh, it's good the Jags have confidence in Carlos Hyde, but the Jags coaching staff has more confidence in Carlos Hyde than I think anybody's ever had confidence in Carlos Hyde, <laughs> the way they've talked about him and the approach to him. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a good enough player to be uh, part of the mix. 
I just don't think you want to measure every day down back at this stage of his career especially and instead of uh, James Robinson but uh, more Jags talk on the way uh, Jags course uh, Sunday in Indianapolis will be there with the Jags uh, in Indy we're headed to the Midwest tomorrow so reports all weekend long uh, from Indianapolis as the Jaguars take on the Colts but tonight's a Friday night high school football night what a night it is it's gonna be beautiful out there for some football for some playoff football here in November opening week of the high school playoffs in Northeast Florida Brett Martineau Casey Kurtz uh, we're live at uh, Extreme Wing Sports Grill and on Roosevelt Boulevard and uh, right now we're joined by Kevin Sullivan our Hall of Fame coach and uh, coach that's what it's all about now Buddy. this is a night this is a night coach you wish you were on the sideline <laughs> yeah this is a first round of the playoffs you know uh, the district champions uh, they get to get to host um, in, in at least uh, five through eight but yeah, uh, round one playoff is really exciting. And again, it's like week one to me, as far as I'm concerned. Week one of the season, we talked about many times, anything can happen, anybody can win. I think round one of the playoffs, not completely 100% anybody can win, but I think there's gonna be a couple of really nice upsets tonight. Really? Uh, and it, like, obviously you got Riverside, Columbia, Baker County, Ed White. Uh, so a couple of local games uh, featuring two local teams. And uh, Columbia Riverside, you know, the crazy part about that game, Columbia came back and won in the fourth quarter the first time around. We already know the history. We talk about it all the time. But Riverside, I think, had six turnovers in that game, Coach. So, you know, right. I feel like Riverside is probably the better team, but they got to go on the road now and get it done. Yeah, they got to go on the road not just this week, but next week also um, if they can get it done and, and between you and I, I think that probably was a really big wake-up call for them, and they get back to paying attention to the little thing. Columbia hasn't won since that game. They're on a, they're going out on a two-game losing streak and then open last week. Uh, since then, they've had some injuries. I think they're going to be full strength tonight. But I think tonight, I think the Riverside gets on them really good tonight. I think he, they beat them pretty handily. All right, we'll see what happens there. Uh, what else do you have here? Obviously, in A-Day, you got, uh, I'm going to head over to Bartram Trail. They got Lake Brantley and a tough one for Creekside now on the road at Apopka. Yeah, I think the I think Bartram's got a good chance. I think they're going to be fine being at home. Uh, Creekside's on the road at Apopka. They probably have a more daunting task. But Creekside, you know, they they've met the challenge pretty much all all year with everything, and that's going to be a real fun one. The thing that I'm curious about is, you know, we've got four teams in 7A, yep. all in the same district in. And do we get anybody to get out of that district? I think Fletcher's got a big task ahead of them. That's a pretty good university team. They're playing out of Orlando. Um, I think Atlantic Coast having to travel to Niceville is going to have their hands full. Uh, of course, Buholtz, I think, may be the, one of the best teams in the area after what they did to Bartram last week. And, but my dark horse is I think Nice might get in there and get a win tonight at Spruce Creek. I watched Spruce Creek on film earlier in the week, and I think Nice matches up real well with them. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, you brought up 7A, and that, that was that's something to keep an eye on because Fleming got uh, beat up pretty good last night. You know, Fletcher wins the district. We have four teams in in 7A, but the question is how good are they on the state level? And I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, so everybody could have their hands full, uh, certainly there. Uh, you know, some of uh, you got a team like Bowles gets, gets another week off. We've talked about this. <laughs> their playoffs yep. won't start. And they've had two weeks off already, Coach. I mean, coming off lost. It's been a weird season for Bowles right now. I'm a, I'm, that's a next week story, but it'll be interesting to see how uh, how they kind of keep fresh right now, like what they might even be doing. I don't know if you can simulate some games, scrimmage a little bit, but 
They haven't played a football game in a long time. Yeah, it'll be it'll be almost three weeks when they play, and then they're coming off back-to-back -back losses too. And they were rolling through everybody. I mean, they beat some good quality competition coming up, but they're still bowls. I think they had some injuries. Even though you're not playing a game, they're still going to be bowls, and they're you know they'll get the winner of the Jackson Gadsden County. And one thing about people don't know, Gadsden County upset Mosley, who's the number two seed in 6A. And uh, Gatson upset them last week. They've lost. Gatson lost to Lincoln by four. Florida High, who's in the playoffs by six. And uh, I think I think the Jackson Gatson County is going to be a really good football game tonight. Just because everybody thinks, oh, Gatson County's two and six, but they played some quality people on their schedule. That's why they're in. Uh, the and, and that's why they did get in because the numbers. What about Jackson? What about that game? What about some of our other teams in the area? Uh, that anybody got a chance to surprise some folks and go on a run? I know you just said, hey, you think there could be some upsets. Uh, who else you looking yeah. at? Yeah. Well, 5A, you know, we've got five teams in 5A. You know, Baker and Ed White are playing again. It was a really good game. Baker stayed on top, got a couple turnovers late to beat him by about uh, two touchdowns, I want to say. Reigns and Parker, remember, that's going to be a big one now, Reigns and Parker. It was 13-7. 13-9, uh, like I think, or something. 13-9, yeah. week, week four. I think both those teams are better. Uh, I think Reigns has really sort of gotten better. He got their quarterback back, so that'll be an interesting one. And uh, Bishop Kenny going to Wakulla will be a really good challenge for them. Uh, I talked to Coach Krause today. They actually worked out in, at Florida State uh, today in the indoor facility on their way. Um, cool. Sort of sort of did a little field trip type of thing out there with their kids and make it exciting, make it good. Yeah, hopefully they'll get on. But, yeah, I, I, I hopefully we're going to come through and have some guys continue to go but it'll be interesting when we get back on at nine o'clock the cool thing about tonight brendan 6 30 some starts seven o'clock some starts we got teams playing in the central time zone that won't start till like eight o'clock our time seven o'clock in the central a couple team nice fields over there with atlantic coast uh so you know we're gonna have some good scores coming in and out throughout the day yeah we should be able to see some live action in fact marcel robinson will be at the riverside uh Columbia game, and we'll have some live action from that on the Blitz Scoreboard Show, 9 o'clock until 10.30. Uh, if you haven't peeked in on that show, this is the time to do it because you got some playoff action, and we'll show you uh, a little bit of live action. we just peek in on some of it, uh, not the entire thing, and uh, hopefully get you some action from other places as well. A lot of uh, the destinations today are on the outskirts uh, of, the, of the city limits for the most right. part. So uh, people are everywhere, like Coach just said, and games starting all over the place. See, that's a good thing in the radio world, Coach, yes. in our Blitz yes, Scoreboard Show. That's what it's, I said. I'm excited for us. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good a thing on our TV side at 1030 on Fox yeah. 30. <laughs> These 730 <laughs> starts uh, some, because you know those games, man, they take forever, and uh, especially when you get out to the panhandle, right? I mean, they're at halftime, so not even updated, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. We have 30 teams still alive in the area, and how many will we have at the end of the night? We'll find out, uh, and you can find out at the Blitz Scoreboard Show, 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN 690. All right, Coach, go get some rest, right. have some dinner. Yes, We're sir. ready to go at 9 o'clock. You got it, buddy. I'll talk to you all, all right. later. That's Kevin Sullivan, uh, Hall of Fame coach, our analyst. Each and every week on the Blitz Scoreboard Show does an awesome job and uh, knows the high school scene better than anybody. Uh, and uh, we'll have coaches calling in. We'll see who the happy winners are, see which seasons end and uh, some of the big plays and big storylines coming out of the opening weeks of the playoffs here in Northeast Florida. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Marcel Robinson, Stuart Weber, Olivia Tassley, our Action Sports Shacks team on the road. I'll be heading over to Bartram Trail for that one, so I'll have some highlights from there and some analysis when we get in uh, back at it. 9 o'clock 
on ESPN 690. Let's uh, put a bow on the show and a week here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. We'll have an Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Hope you're ready for a big-time weekend and have a good one ahead. we got a lot of football, a lot of sports to talk about, a lot of events in Jacksonville. Uh, let's uh, recap it all, discuss it all coming up on ESPN 690 right after this. When you're really burning the edge and you give the, the quarterback a, a step-up lane and he can still throw, I mean, it's not good. I think our guys have been concentrating and really working. Uh, Coach Lapoy and Coach Lucas, and then we've been concentrating on getting pocket push, we call it, you know, and, and it was evident. So now the quarterback couldn't step up, and he's a really good step-up guy and the guy that takes off. So we really limited. He did get out a little bit, but we limited the ability to step up, and that really uh, helped our edge rush, helped the inside guys, too, because when you step up and you're getting pressure, you, you can run into some sacks, and we did that. Well, that is Joe Cullen, Jaguars defensive coordinator. They put a heck of a game plan together last week. Can they do it again? Kind of start to think now, maybe the key to the rest of this season on defense is... Well, I think it's communication, too, but I think it might be that interior. Can Taven Bryan build off that game? Uh, can Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton kind of get a just a second wind, if you will, and make more of an impact than they made in the first seven games? But they obviously made an impact game number eight, and uh, now the Jaguars hope to keep it rolling a little bit and find themselves. Uh, really interesting to see if the Jazz can pull off this win in Indianapolis and play good football two weeks in a row and start to build something. I think it really changes how you look at what's going on in Jacksonville if they can do that. At least, you know, it's not going to tell the entire story, but it will It will give, again, three out of four. I mean, the last time the Jags won three out of four, I, I, I got to believe it was 2018. I don't have it in front of me. Didn't look it up, but I got to believe it was 2018 when they got off the 3-1 start. I mean, that would have been the last time they did it. So, Brett Martineau, uh, Casey Kurtz, live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on a Friday on Roosevelt Boulevard. Four locations, Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Uh, that includes right here on Roosevelt, down St. John's County on 210 Ocean Way and Atlantic and Kearney. Uh, so stop in this weekend to an Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Watch some games, plenty of TVs. I just had the teriyaki wings this afternoon. Oh, fantastic. So uh, try the menu. Uh, try the beverages, come in and watch some games all weekend long uh, here from Extreme Wings Sports Grill. Casey Kurtz, we covered a lot of things this week, as we bragged about. Uh, did you you told me to put a credential in for uh, skateboarding. Are you going to get down to that potential? I might venture down there, yeah. When I, when I was in high school and younger, um, I lived in the Tampa area, and they have a pretty big event called the Tampa Pro. I used to go to that every year. It was pretty exciting um, in, at the skate park at Tampa. So, yeah, I'm interested in that. And then I found out, um, due to my dad texting me consistently, asking who was going to be on our show from the uh, surfing aspect. Apparently, yeah. my parents are super huge surf, like watching surfing fans. Really? Yeah, so I, I might have to check that out as well. That's interesting. I you know. didn't even know that about your parents. Not a clue. I was wondering why my dad was texting me like, hey, who's going to be on? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, who's going to be on? I'm like, I really don't know. And then when I did find out, I texted him, and he sent me a bunch of exclamation points back. He was thrilled. So, yeah, I had <laughs> I had absolutely no clue, but I, I learned something new about my parents often. That's cool. Uh, Carissa Moore was terrific yesterday, five-time world champ, gold medalist, and she was great. And uh, that's the other event, to get the, the uh, surf girl competition going out at Jack's Beach. And so another event to go see and fun. You know, I think it's a little bit, it's, it's niche stuff, but 
Uh, the folks out at the beach will absolutely love that. You don't have to live out the beach to go out and check it out. And then the skateboarding, I think uh, it, the capacity there is like 6,000, and I think they're about sold out or sold out. Uh, Alan Verlander from Airstream Ventures joined us uh, on Wednesday, and they were close to selling out, and I think I saw him tweet today that they are sold out. Now, what's neat about this, and I, I, I should have asked Alan about this, but later on that night I found out they're actually doing like a fan fest type thing right outside where the skate park and competition takes place. Okay. And part of that is they have like a, um, almost like a replica of the skate park for people to bring their skateboard and, and play it. That's awesome. And now you got to sign a waiver, of course, sure. because there's a little risk involved there. But uh, so the kids come out, you bring the kids, adults, whatever it might be, and you can go skate right next to where the pros are skating um, down there uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, this weekend, and the weather's supposed to be fantastic. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff, uh, cool stuff to uh, to get wrapped up in. Uh, meanwhile, we mentioned some basketball this weekend, and that includes the UNF Ospreys on the road for the <laughs> third time in four days playing Grand Canyon tonight. Uh, that'll be a 9 o'clock Eastern time tip uh, for the Ospreys. You can check that out on ESPN Plus, I believe. And uh, make sure you go to unfospreys.com. They're a proud supporter of our Blitz Scoreboard show uh, and many other things here on ESPN 690. Uh, so we'll feature UNF and talk more about them tonight. We'll keep an eye on uh, exactly what's going on with the Ospreys. The women got a big win last night, 92-40 to 40, uh, in the opener, and they had 22 steals in that game. Uh, so the uh, women's basketball team at UNF, very good uh, this season. Keep an eye on that. Uh, meanwhile, Florida State will play against the Florida Gators on Sunday, 1 o'clock. Hey, the Knowles, doesn't matter how good the Gators are, the Knowles have owned the Florida Gators on the basketball court. That uh, the, the Gators are rebuilt on the basketball court this year under Mike White. I'm a Mike White fan, by the way. I like him a lot more than other people like him. Uh, but um, it's hard to know exactly who both these teams are because they have so many new players and so many departures. Uh, but one game in, both look good. Uh, win against Elon for Florida and a win against Penn for Florida State. But the psychological advantage certainly goes to Florida State on Sunday, even though that game will be in Gainesville. Absolutely. And um, one thing we haven't gotten into since uh, my time here is the only sport that I cannot watch without absolutely wanting to pull my hair out is Florida basketball. And Mike White, I'm glad you like him. Uh, congrats on that. But he makes me angry, and I literally cannot watch Florida basketball. Um, and that's the only sport I'm like that. I have no idea why, but they frustrate me to a point. And then looking at this game specifically, yeah, Florida State has dominated them, and they are better still. But it's crazy that a year ago in this game, if you remember what happened with Keontae Johnson, so it's just yeah, I know it. it's crazy. It's great that a year removed he's, you know, okay from what we saw on the court, which was terrifying. But I remember watching it live. But it's crazy that it's been a year since then and how things have changed for everybody yeah and it's it speaks uh yeah you're right about that too it was a year ago i was thinking about that um here's the thing with mike white he took over for billy donovan which is a tough thing to do and i think he's done a pretty adequate job of it and it's hard to replace like a legendary guy like donovan and i i think expectations are high i'm sure there, there are times where it certainly could do better I, i'm just a bigger fan of mike white than i think a lot of other people are including yourself uh yeah. the one thing i will say about college basketball in general like this is what we're going to be now. It's kind of like one and dones for Kentucky and Duke and everybody that were like, hey, who is this team this year? They lost three guys. Well, not every team had one and dones, but every team will do this now. I don't know, most every team will we'll go to the transfer portal. 
and yeah. they'll basically just remake their team in an offseason if they want to, if they don't like it. Uh, because, listen, there's a way to run off guys if you need to run off guys. And Florida and Florida State, for different reasons, have kind of remade their team. So it'll be fun to watch that game Sunday. You can listen to it on ESPN 690. Of course, plenty of football as well. FSU tomorrow, 1.30 coverage starts for their game against Miami. Uh, that is right here on ESPN 690. Florida State basketball and football, we are your home for that on ESPN 690. All right, that's going to do it from Extreme Wing Sports Grill. I'm hustling over to some high school football. Our crews are all out. 9 o'clock, we'll reconvene uh, for the Blitz Scoreboard Show on ESPN 690. And a reminder now, check it out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. You want to watch that show. It's, it's a good listen. It's a better watch. <laughs> 9 o'clock tonight, Blitz Scoreboard Show. For Casey Kurtz, Austin Lane, I'm Brett Martineau. So long for now. We'll see you again at 9 o'clock on ESPN 690. Have a good weekend. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.